And uh, this is Kevin Evans with the Chapter by Chapter Live class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville. And we are currently studying the Gospels. We are in Luke 22. And last week we wrapped up at Luke 46. And at this point in the story, uh, we've shifted back from Christ's parables and we have gotten well into the uh, last week of Christ's life. And Luke is recording each of the uh, things that happened to Christ during the crucifixion and the resurrection in order. And it moves rather quickly, and it's all pretty dense, and it's going to take us a month or two to get through the next two chapters, I think. So, there's the plan. So, uh, today we're picking up at verse 47. Uh, Christ is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we had just uh, finished praying, and uh, the disciples had disappointed him. And uh, verse 47, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, and Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. And that ends that segment. Uh, I think we talked about this some, didn't we, last time? Did I jump back too far? Am I looking at... Am I looking at the wrong mark? You are. Okay. Well, it, Lee wasn't here, yeah, though. Right. See, if, if Peter was right-handed, and odds are he was, and he chopped off this soldier's right ear, he had to hit him from behind. Isn't that interesting? Yes, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you brought cake? Wow. Well, you don't get any. Oh, I don't get any. Isn't that the story of my life? Oh, There's no. cake, but I don't yeah. get any. Yeah. Does that happen to you a lot, Andrew? All the time. It's for his mom, but I was afraid to leave it in the car. Oh, she's the birthday. Oh, okay. I understand why it's so critical now. Don't yeah. those mean the same thing? Uh, I think those mean the same thing. I got that Walmart. Did you make it? You don't make the cakes? I, I'm in dairy now. You're in dairy now? I always introduce you as the baker. If you're in dairy now, I have to change that. You're the milkman. I like that better, actually. This is Kenny. He's the Walmart milkman. I, that, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Ha uh, ha! Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's wrong. Okay. Um, you know we we record this. You know. But, yeah. Okay. I just I'm just being sure. 
All right, so do we need to uh, discuss the uh, soldier and Peter's uh, and ambitiousness and uh, everybody carrying swords and all that, or are we, got, we good? No, I think it, mine has a note that I think is pretty unique. It's, it talks about Judas's kiss as an evil kiss. Why? Just because it's hypocritical? Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's an evil, because it was, I guess, because he, Satan had entered into him. In the Middle East, men kissing each other as a greeting is kind of like a handshake. Is it the same way in, in London and England and Britain? You don't I don't think, not in London. Not, not in London. Maybe in Italy. Maybe in Italy. Yeah. 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 Greece. Uh, Mediterranean. I so I don't know if we can read too much into the kiss thing, but uh, basically he was there to point at Christ so that they know who to arrest. I guess because it's dark? I, 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 I don't know. We, we, we went over all this. Yes? I thought you had a point. I was just going to say, in Africa, they held hands. The man, yes. Yes. Which is why when George Bush was filmed holding uh, some Arab sheik's hand as he walked him into the office, it, it, it made the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just being a good diplomat. Okay. Uh, verse 54. Then seizing him... They led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. I am not, Peter about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is Galilean, because he's got an accent. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I've really been mulling this this week. <laughs> Peter obviously dealt with a lot of guilt throughout his ministry over this. Or is it shame? I keep forgetting after, after Clayton's last, uh, uh, lecture yet last guilt. week. Yeah, guilt, guilt and shame. Yeah, right. Shame okay, shame it is. Uh, so he, he, that was a big issue. But I Okay, this is Gospel of Kevin. I, I'm interpreting this based on my own personal experience with lying and liars. <laughs> I'm going to give Peter a little bit of a break here. They are living under occupation. The Romans are the bad guys. The Romans are brutally oppressive to the people that they oppressed. Peter is part of a group of people who has been promised through his religious activities that there will be a man that will come and lead them out of this oppression and Jews will control everyone and, and, and there will be peace on earth and the Jews will dominate and God's chosen people will rise to the top. He's waiting on the Messiah to free him from this oppression. Meanwhile, he's living under oppression. So he is a rebel. He is absolutely a rebel living under occupation. 
that fair? Okay. He's, what was it called? The fifth column. He is, he is the underground. They have secret meetings when they're in Jerusalem. They don't want the Romans, or for that matter, the Pharisees, to know what they're talking about. They go off into the woods to have their chats. Right? This is not a man who tells the truth all the time. This is a man who's comfortable misrepresenting himself. When he goes into the temple, he's acting like a good Jewish boy, totally loyal to the Pharisees and completely compliant to the Romans, but is he really? No. He's hoping for the rebellion. He's comfortable lying. However, like any good spy, he doesn't see it as lying. He is a spy. He's collecting intelligence. He's an evangelist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> story. So, so here he is. Christ has just been arrested and drug off in the middle of the night for a secret trial. That's why it's in the middle of the night so there won't be a crowd. It's public as long as it's outside on the steps, but if it's at two in the morning, that's still legal. But there's no crowd and they get away with it. So that's why it's at the time it is. So he's being drug off in the middle of the night for this hearing, and so he goes to follow what's going on, and he is mixing in with the enemy. It's the common folks that are standing around outside waiting on the Pharisee to come out and pass judgment. He can watch it, but he doesn't want to be identified with it. And so says, hey, you with him? He goes, hmm. Uh, uh. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to blend in. He's talking as little as possible. We all know how this is done. You snuck around before, infiltrated the crowd, don't want anybody to see you. And so he's made three casual comments going, no, that's not me. And he doesn't see it as lying. He doesn't see it as betrayal. He's following Christ. He's trying to keep up with what's happening. He's being a good disciple. He's being handy. And if he tells them that he's with them, he's going to end up arrested too. How is that handy? Right? They're going to think that it all came home to him. And it's not until Christ stared at him in the crowd, just turned around and stared him down, that he realized what just happened. Or Christ said, yeah, the rooster. Yeah, he hears the rooster. He hears the rooster. And then Christ turned around and stared him down and he goes, there you go. You know? And then he realized that he just denied him. And then it hits hard. Because this is, I don't think you just you you lie to this level without practice. I don't think that you know, I think when Christ said that you're gonna deny me three times. Christ, Peter had already denied him multiple times in other crowds in other places. 
you know, I don't think this was anything new. This was different, though. Well, because Christ called him out on it. Yeah. And, and it was very pointed. And it brought shame and guilt upon him. Which probably drove his ministry. Huh. Well, it brought, drove him to a real, I think it drove him to a real repentance. I'm not sure. Well, that that's good. But you know, some people live with shame and there's not anything they can do about it. So, some people have to live with shame all their life, but there's nothing they can do with it, do about it, you know. So, he used it to motivate him, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Well, that's what Judas did. That's the good way I didn't know if I wanted to get into a counseling session with Bill or not. I was, I was contemplating. That, that was like a whole hour rabbit. Taking that and okay. making it something positive. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that was the gospel according to Evans and Peter disowns Jesus. Is there anything else in there we need to dig out or are we good? This Christ challenges where we're at. Yes. Yeah, it's not cool being a Christian these days, yes. which is weird. Very and different than my growing yes. up. Well, even our president that said, "Oh yeah, he says he said, he, no." He said that we're extremists because we're Christians. He made oh. that he made he made that clear on that speech the other day. He called us extremists and magnets and everything else. Anybody that's not with him is 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 extremist, including he even said Christian. But is, but isn't that a, that's been going on for millennia? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I went to a Christian school. And I'm not trying to be cocky, but I was in a Christian school, but I was actually acting like a Christian. But many of my classmates went to a Christian school, but they were out partying on Friday night. They were out doing all these other things. It was just more subversive. I mean, which, which is worse, the person who denies it publicly or the person who says, I am a Christian, <coughs> so I might as well their ass right. It's right. the same thing. It's the same. What about but it's older generations who try to keep up with the Joneses? That's not acting Christian. No. I mean, they might say they're Christian, but they're still not acting. You know, they're you know, it's 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 a chameleon type of spirituality. When I'm around the Joneses, I act like the Joneses. When I'm at the church, I act like a Christian. This has been going on for millennia. This is not something new. And I believe if you're a true Christian, you really don't have to tell somebody. They should see it. You should weigh it out. Yeah. Tell someone you're a Christian. There's something wrong. Yes. Well, your your actions should back it up. Right. If if something goes very blue in a conversation at some meeting or something, you excuse yourself. You take yourself. You don't want to be associated with right. that. If you tell someone you're, if you tell a group you've hung around with for a while that you're a Christian and you shock them, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Christian. I've known you for a year. I didn't know that. I didn't that know. 
verse 63. The, man who, the men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. These are the temple guards, not the Romans just yet. I remember... Half a dozen, one and a half together, they were both. I remember um, blindfolding my brother Kyle when he was like eight and then poking him and with his stick and saying, you know, who poked you? And we, I literally played this game. So. You were the oldest? Oh, of course I was. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did my job well, Clayton. <laughs> I understand. You, you were the pokey. I get it. Yeah. My brother took karate at practice on me. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, you know. Imagine how swelled your head would be if your brother hadn't been there to keep it under control. <laughs> okay. Um... I didn't, didn't dig into a whole lot out of that other than that. Uh, so I think when soldiers, okay, looking at it from a soldier's perspective, if my job is to transport a prisoner from one place to another, and the way I'm going to do that is walk him with a spear and a chain, if I want my job to go well, if I want my prisoner compliant, you know, so that he can do his own walking and go when I say go and stop when I say stop, if I hit him about four times in the face, that's going to go a whole lot better. I know that sounds cruel. Yes. So I need to make sure that he understands that I'm in charge early on. And so the first thing that any good guard who's transporting a prisoner is going to do is belt you a couple of times with a club and then we're going to go walking you know that way we get there a whole lot faster so they're they're beating him up I, I don't think it was severe because he still needed to travel you know but uh, this is when the abuse kind of starts in this story and uh, as we all know it only gets better so Okay, so Jesus is brought before Pilate. So he's gone before the Pharisees who are now taking him to Pilate. And there's a reason there. Because, because they're under Roman domination, the Roman deal was give us uh, uh, money and we'll leave you alone. You know, they were gangsters basically. And so they had no problem with the Jews managing their own business. They would prefer that the Jews manage their own business so that they don't have to. As long as you give us a big healthy cut of everything, we're good. You know, you just buy them off. Yes, it's where the mafia got the model. They learn from the best. And so uh, the, the, the Pharisees had civic control over most issues dealing with the Jews, except when it came to execution. The Romans couldn't allow the Jews to just execute people because that's giving them too much power. It has to be low-level civic power, not high-level civic power. Well, the Pharisees want Jesus dead. So they've got to take their charges, which is 
heresy, basically, blasphemy, and take it before Pilate, the Romans, to get him executed for it. But the Romans couldn't care less about heresy and blasphemy. You know, that this is not their venue. Completely different jurisdiction. <laughs> don't care, you know. So uh, they worship 300 gods. They really don't care what you say about gods, you know. So uh, pick one, they're happy. Uh, so he's brought before Pilate. So verse 66. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together. And Jesus was led before them. And if you were the Christ, they said, tell us. And so these are the Pharisees. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. But if I ask you, you will not answer. And from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God, which is kind of an enigmatic answer. But he, they've already asked him this question. He's already answered this question. These are the people that have been following him around in all of his uh, speeches. They, they went to his big revival in the, the, in the temple. Uh, they know. He's already answered this question. So why should he again? They're, they're, they're trying to trap him so that they can get something legal. They, they, they all asked, are you then the son of God? And he replied, you are right in saying I am. He doesn't say, he didn't say he was. He said, you are right in saying I am. Carefully worded. I didn't say that you were saying that I am. Yes. Because they had, they're actually discussing it behind closed doors. He knows that they know that he is the son of man. Then they say, why do we need any more testimony? You have heard it from his own lips. They're going to take that for being a confession. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, who's the Roman guy, who couldn't care less about the confession that he just got. And they began to accuse him, saying, we have found this man subverting our nation, which is from their perspective, I suppose, that is true. He opposed payment of taxes to Caesar, which is a bald-faced lie, and claims to be Christ a king, which is true. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, says my NIV translation. Jesus replied, so I guess, yes, he did say he was king, didn't he? Because he said, yes, it's as you say. Isn't that pretty much straightforward? Uh, my note says that he said he was, a, my Bible study note said he claimed to be the spy, but not a political or military king. But then, but then he said, yes, maybe that's where he proclaimed himself as king. That that's where it took place from. I don't know. That's just, I'm just saying. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Yeah, let's stop right there. I think there's a reason for that. Well, it's, I think it's odd that his wife had the dream to warn, and she went and warned him. That's not in Luke. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> I, I, read, I read an interesting book one. You read books that aren't Christian? Wow, okay. Uh, it's a what-if book, but if history was different. Yeah. What if Christ had lived? I know the spiritual aspect, he, he came to die. The question was, what if Christ had not died? Yeah. He said the Romans would have actually been very pro-Jesus. 
and your taxes, don't nonviolence and everything like that. Said the Roman probably would have protected Christ. Wow. Because he preached, hey, you obey the authorities, you pay your taxes. That and maybe that's why I guarantee you probably the Romans have had spies in some of their messages. Yeah, and sure. They came back and report, hey, this guy's saying eh, pay nothing. your taxes. Yeah. He's he's a lunatic, maybe. Sure. He's crazy, but he's saying nonviolence, pay your taxes. Romans were more concerned to just be loyal. Pay yeah, 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 yeah. They just wanted their cut. They don't and care if that, they preach about crazy spiritual yeah. stuff. That they're, because they haven't gotten, you understand, uh, uh, worshiping Caesar's a god has not been proclaimed yet. Mm-hmm. That comes later. That's when the Romans had problems with Christianity. Yeah. That hadn't, that hadn't happened under Augustus yet. So the Romans actually probably wouldn't have the problem with Jesus because he's preaching loyal, you know, obedience and nonviolence. So the Romans would have been okay with that. And so I'm wondering if that has something to do with this. I looked up Pilate to see just what we actually know about Pilate. And Pilate had a reputation, even among Romans, for being, well, corrupt and aristocratic. Uh, You could buy your way through a trial with Pilate. Uh, He was a gangster. He couldn't have cared less about justice. It was not about what you deserve. It was about what was best for Pilate first and the Roman Empire second. And you know. make his wife mad was best for Pilate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and, and it's not about making his wife happy. It's about making sure Pilate is happy. That's, that's what, you know. And so... Uh, you know, I think the Jews went before Pilate with a certain amount of confidence, thinking that they could get what they wanted. Because, you know, Pilate is going to invite somebody into the back room and they're going to have a powwow and figure it out, you know, and then he's going to come out and give them whatever they want, which is the way it usually works with Pilate. So Pilate comes out, and they bring this guy in, and they say, he's claiming to be king of the Jews. Uh, How is Christ dressed? Well, they put put a robe on him later, but at this point, he's just a guy. He's a carpenter's son. Yeah, he's been, admittedly, he's been, to center, he's been to temple, so I expect that he's got his best robe on, but he's gotten roughed up some, you know. Uh, does he, is he carrying himself like a king? He smells good. He what? He smells good. Because he is uh-huh. 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 I just caught up with you, my word. <laughs> I think I'm getting slow in my old age. I think some plaque is building up in my brain. I should have I should have caught that a lot faster. Okay, yeah, he smells good again. Yeah, he had that with him throughout the whole Christmas. Right. Okay. Now is that done? It's kind of heartwarming if you think about it. I think there might have been some other things that happened after that got in the way. He might have needed another bath. Um. Okay, so I lost my train of thought. Where were we? Okay, he, he was dressed. He didn't look like a king standing up. Right, uh, and I think Pilate, who did have spies, I agree with you. I think he had spies. P- 
Pilate maybe didn't expect them to haul him in at this hour in the morning. He didn't expect, you know, this to happen. But he knew what was going down. He knew that the Pharisees were as corrupt as he were because he's been doing back deals with them since he became came, came the king of you know, uh, Israel, or, or, or Jerusalem, actually, which was his uh, jurisdiction. Uh, he's, uh, he, he knows the deal. And so he knows they've got trumped-up charges. He knows this guy isn't a king. He's not a threat. He's not carrying himself that way. Here's what I suggest. I don't think they paid off Pilate before this started. I think they were rushing it. And if they'd taken another week, somebody would have brought him his 30 pieces of silver before all this started, and then this would have gone down a little better. And I think Pilate was... Uh, Holding out for his money. Uh, maybe. Or at least he did not feel indebted to the people bringing the charge. Or maybe they were just doing it the way God planned it out to be done. Maybe. But Pilate comes back and says, I don't see anything wrong with him. He did the legal thing. He, he, right here he, is being the legal thing right here until the table. Yes. And so, and so he comes out and he, he, he answers exactly how a judge would. I don't see any basis for being in charge against this man. And I think that's interesting. At that point, the Pharisees are going, uh-oh, we should have planned this a little better. Yes. Right. Pilate probably knew that as well. Yeah, sure. That if I put this guy to death, this is going to cause an uprising. I'm pretty sure this isn't the first two o'clock in the morning trial that Pilate has been to. And he, he knows he knows what's really behind this. Yes. This could cause a major major uprising. So he starts playing word games with them. There's this undercurrent political thing because they both know the ramifications of all of this. And he knows it's two bad guys pacing each other here, you know. And so they insisted, the Pharisees. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. Pilate is looking for an out. And he says, Galilee? Well, there's my out right there. He just, he just handed me an ace in my hand. Oh, how nice. He said, on hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. And when he heard that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, <coughs> see, Pilate is just Jerusalem. Herod <coughs> is the local leader over no northern Israel. And he's kind of a peer, I guess, of Herod, although Pilate has higher ranking because he's a Roman general. Uh, and Pilate, we know historically, really hated Herod because Herod was, well, Pilate is a corrupt gangster. Herod is, he's a corrupt hedonist. Herod is, you, you know, put a level of incompetence into Pilate, all of that corruption. Pilate was a very competent Pilate corrupt is, gangster. Pilate is a gangster. Herod is a gangsta. I'm not sure of the difference there. No, no. I, I reject this. No, no. So what's more, Herod was a fool. And Donald was a fool. Yes, I agree. Herod was not nearly as smart as Pilate. No, no. And I think Pilate saw that in him and really hated working with him. 
and he looks down on him, and when he has to work with Herod, it always goes bad on Herod's end. I was probably a bitter person because he was put in, that was considered a low position that he had yeah, made sure. a governor. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. He was not a popular. He was hoping to get back to Rome, was yeah, he? Yeah, he did not. Yeah. But through all of this, they're gonna, they'll become, it says they became friends. It does say that. I'm getting to that. So you're getting ahead of me again? Okay, so on hearing this, Pilate asked the man with the Galilean usual of the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. So they've taken Jesus to Herod for trial number three at this point, still in the middle of the night. Uh, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had wanted to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus did not answer. Okay, let's stop there a second. It's still not the middle of the night. Remember, the, the, the crow has crowed, so it's morning already. Roosters crow all the time. Haven't you ever lived in the country? <laughs> yeah, I've lived in the country. It's not just morning. They crow constantly. They, they crow at 2 in the morning. I can't, I can't stand roosters. <laughs> yeah, every time. Not as bad as any. Uh, true. Oh my word, guineas. Uh, okay, okay. Um, Pilate has been hearing about Jesus, particularly during his Galilean ministry, you know, for the last two or three months. All these miracles he's performing, everybody getting healed. And Pilate thinks. What a great show. I should have this guy in for an event. That would be entertaining. Pilate or Herod? I'm sorry, Herod. Did I say Pilate? I apologize. Herod. So Herod wants, is not interested in trying him. He's excited because he's semi-famous and he might be entertained. That's, that's his interest. Well, yeah, I bet when he visits, his, visits Rome, I think he's a name dropper. Anyway, uh, Christ says nothing because Herod is peppering him with, he's trying to bait him like I bait you guys all the time and trying to rein him in and Christ takes nothing, nothing off of him because Herod isn't asking anything real. He's not really trying to find out what, what, whether or not Christ is innocent or guilty. He's not going to do the right thing. He's just hoping for a big show. And then he's going to condemn him anyway like he's supposed to. You know. So what's the difference? Well, didn't, he, uh, didn't he also at the beginning think that he was John the Baptist rose from the dead? Yes. At one point. And he had John the Baptist killed and he was sleeping with his sister. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was, and Herod's, Herod's a creepy guy. No, but I, I, I'm just saying his guilt was, was overtaking him at, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry because he, he thought it was John the Baptist coming back. Yeah, uh, which means he's kind of superstitious as well. He, he's, he's Jewish, but he's mixed to Jewish background, and he's not really religiously Jewish. I think he understands the Jewish religion, but he is not a, a follower. Yes. And so he's perfect for the Romans. He understands the people he's controlling, but he's not controlled by the people that he's controlling. So that he's exactly who the Romans want there. Uh, although Pilate, I mean, yes, although Pilate can't stand him. I've got to get my rulers straight. Okay, so 
The chief priests and the teachers of the law, that would be the Sadducees and the Pharisees, right? Okay. Were standing there vehemently accusing him in Herod's trial. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. So Herod mocks him after he won't answer any of his questions, which makes him mad because he's the king and people are supposed to answer the king when they say stuff. Right? Yeah. Okay. Dressing him in an elegant robe, there's the robe, Kenny, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. I'm not sure I get that, Bill. How do you not get that? What has Herod done to make Pilate like him more in this exchange? His sense, of, his sense of humor, maybe? By sending him back in a robe? In a robe and mocking him. And uh, Is it a tip of a hat to each other's authority? Maybe, yeah. Hey, I'm going to let you in on this so it can be a work together. I find that answer acceptable. Okay. Maybe, it, it, uh, maybe it's not because it's not because just after everything was said and done in here, they were a part of this whole in Christ. This is another day were, for well, both of them. His, well, it's a kind of a spiritual bomb. I mean, not a, not a Christian spiritual bomb. Yeah. It's kind of a, hey, we were both part of this. It's almost kind of a thing that binds them together here. You know, it's like thieves get bonded together. You know, it, it's just kind of, hey, we were a part of this. And it, you know, it just took, like, okay. Let's go back to the mafia thing. It's like two mob bosses taking out a common enemy. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. how about this? If Herod dresses him in purple, gives him an expensive kingly robe, one of his spares, and sends him back to Pilate, now Christ is posing as king of the Jews. But the one thing Doesn't that give him more credence in his accusation of being king of the Jews? But Pilate still doesn't want to condemn him. Pilate still doesn't want to execute him. Pilate is very resistant the whole time. I think Pilate is not resistant to condemning him. That's not what scares well, him. Well, the execution. It's, it's, it, he doesn't want to have a riot afterwards riot. that no, he has to explain in Rome. Even to the point of, okay, let's do this. Barabbas or Christ? He thought they would pick Christ. Sure. They pick Barabbas. He even goes to the point of washing his hands. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's trying to separate himself from the fallout that's about to happen. I wanted nothing to do with this by a certain point. Right. So there's this, this, there's, you know, this thing of, and some people thinking that Pilate was just, oh, I can't wait to get this. Pilate wanted nothing to do with this. There wasn't a riot, by the way. I'm sorry. He was anticipating a riot after they executed Christ. There wasn't a it riot. Did, but he wasn't anticipating. Wild things happened afterwards, but it wasn't right, a riot. Right. But he wanted nothing to do with this. True. And I would think he would have been mad for Herod to send him back. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And they're friends. So I feel like as you know, as I write this novel, because that's what I'm doing, I don't know I don't know how to justify that line. Something might not be mentioned here that yes. we don't know about. Maybe 
Maybe Herod sent him back, Christ back with a gift to Pilate, the mafia thing. Yeah. But you know what? What is unique is that by this point there was a crowd. Well, the sun's come up, and everybody's going to work, and stuff's happening out on the steps. So yes. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers and it, the people. And this is the third uh, trial that we've had in the middle of the night. It takes a while to have a trial and move around from one place to the other. I don't know that you could fit more than three in one night, even though they're all fairly close to each other. And plus, tomorrow's the Sabbath, so you got to get up. You yeah. got to go to work. got to get work done before Sabbath. Pilate wanted to release them. Pilate wanted to release them the whole time. Yep. I just yes. Want, I just scourge him and release him. Just uh, spit in the eye of the Pharisees, show up his boss. Pilate, called, okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'm asking you because you've probably done more research. Uh, okay, so we all, I'm guessing we've all seen Passion of the Christ. Was that scourging was as bad as the Passion of the Christ did it? Or yes. Really? Yeah, they, they hate it, particularly if it was a Roman or a Jew, because they hated the Jews. So, so Pilate wanted to free. What, why, why? Well, they can scourge him. I can scourge him. I don't care. But that's, a, that, that's a death sentence, though. Usually? That's not a scourge. He didn't necessarily kill him. I don't think anybody went in front of the Romans in trial and then, you know, walked, walked out of it healthy afterwards. It was a life changing experience, even when you were innocent. They had to make some kind of a point, even if he was going to set him free. They had to make some kind of point that they did something, some yes. sort of justice yeah. to it. You know, the, uh, okay. In other words, the message is you don't want to have to come see me about anything that you no. better tell right. That's the message that, yeah, everybody see what I did to him, he's in charge. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Okay. Thank you. I don't know if it was that bad as in the movie, but it was pretty bad. You kind of like the mafia. You don't lead the mafia except one way. Yeah. I don't know if that's mafia. Pilate called together the chief priests and rulers and the people. So he called the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody that has gathered on the steps at this point and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us, because he's speaking of himself in the royal we. Uh, as you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice, they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas has been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I found him on no grounds uh, for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one who asked for and surrendered Jesus to their will. Clayton is actually grinning through this. That's well, the weird. Well, hypocrisy. <laughs> Jesus is insurrecting against Rome. But they want the guy who really was insurrected. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Released. Sure. sure. It's hypocrisy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Barabbas wasn't challenging <laughs> their authority. Yeah, the just Roman. Wasn't with Rome. The insurrection was with the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It just gets you so fast. I don't I just yeah. think about it. You know, I 
I made a mistake. I didn't know they were behind me, listening at me. I made a mistake, and I said, I said that, well, they're just the mafia. And they, and they spoke up real quick, and they said, we are the Teamsters. We are nothing to do with the mafia. We are different. And I looked at that, at his, at his uncle, and there was these two big men standing on the side of the garden. <laughs> with Italian accents, right? Yeah. I used to deliver the auto parts to the mafia. <laughs> I didn't oh, realize. I thought the Teamster. When I worked for O'Reilly, yeah. we delivered auto parts to the mafia. It was. Did it say the mafia on the door? Well, no. When, my, when, I started, <laughs> when I started working for them, uh, my supervisor said, "Hey, you're going to deliver auto parts to this place." I said, "Now it's their, it's their business that they work through." He said, "It's the mafia here in Fort Worth." Okay. And uh, this is what you do. You just go in. Don't talk to anybody and get well, out. Well, no, you can be polite yeah. okay. but don't act, don't look around and stuff like that. My first time I went in there, I laid it down, and there was this row of offices, and all these guys with big beer bellies came out, and they went, who are you? at me, stared at me, well, they went to the receptionist, yeah. and then they came back, and then they walked back in, and finally, after a couple of times, they started coming out and joking with me. Okay, yeah, you were right. Then I got to say, anybody ever bothers you? You come see us. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> 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 no, they, they, they were actually pretty nice to me. I minded, I minded my business. <coughs> okay. So, oh, it was kind of nerve-wracking the first time I went, you know, because it was, and they looked like mafia guys, by the way. They looked like all those shows, you know. I, I was nervous at that funeral. <laughs> <laughs> After I opened my big mouth. So, so Clayton was church planner slash mafia partner with <laughs> Could you send some people my way to my church? <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Okay. They released Barabbas. They released Barabbas. Um... He actually was a murderer. All right, let me yeah. back up while I write this novel. Um, the Pharisees are trying to keep this on the QT. So they start this trial in the middle of the night, trying to get a quick decision and then go take care of business, have him on the cross and crucified by daybreak so that it's all done before anybody knows that it's happening. That's the plan. But no, because we're booting the thing around from one ruler to the other. And this trial, series of trials, goes all night. And now, now it's morning before we're getting any kind of a Roman decree. And this is the decree. So, if you're a smart Pharisee, what's plan B? Pilate argues with the crowd, but I question who that crowd was. This is morning. Uh, this is not when you gather for a general assembly in town. It's not when you have the court. That's in the evening when people are coming home. It, I, there, there is a crowd, but that crowd is planted. And I think the Pharisee sent out his number two lieutenant and said, I need you to wake up this dude, this dude, this dude, this dude, and this dude, and get them all here, and you know what to do. And so the whole crowd may not have been 
shills, which is, I think, the word for it. Uh, but a large number of them were, the loud ones were. And so we have people controlling how the crowd responds. Pilate is worried about people being on Jesus' side and rebelling. Or that's what he's expecting. And, and the Pharisees have stacked the crowd, and that's on their side. So he was expecting one, and it went the other way. And again, that's not in scripture. That's gospel according to Kevin. But that's the only way I can make all these pieces fit together. Well, it makes sense. He didn't want the Roman government coming down on him. Right. For a riot. Right. And 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 that scares him because the, the the energy in the crowd rose, but the Pharisees were controlling that. Did he have other riots like Acts twelve before all this happened? Did, did the Romans have riots? No, no, no. Like, um, Insurrection. Right. Zealot, like zealots rising up. He had like, like the certain zealots that have been doing some insurrections. Yeah, and, Roman and the Romans getting on to him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so he didn't want to get caught on charges. No. In fact, you know, the Romans are brutally controlling a huge empire through power. They had they riot was in their training. You know, and, and that's the last thing that they want to let happen. They want to keep the peace and keep milking the, 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 the conquered people for as long as they can. They don't, they don't want them rising up. That, that slows the process down. So, uh, and, and Pilate doesn't want to have to report to his superiors in Rome and say, oh, well, I had to suppress this riot for three months. Because that makes him look bad. Over a damn your creature. Over a dumb preacher that I should have killed know, years ago. Yeah. Nice. Long Roman shields. Super, yeah, those are basically riot shields. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you think, yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay. Pointy stick instead of tear gas and clubs. Pointy sticks are, are rather effective, actually. Yeah, on Especially on your brother. Uh, yeah, actually. Did I ever tell you about uh, the time Kyle and I made a bow and arrow? Okay, so this has nothing to do with our lesson. And I only have five minutes. I'm still going to tell the story. So uh, Kyle and I had been fighting over something or other, and I went to him, and I tried to make up to him. And uh, I said, I'm going to make a bow and arrow. Would you like to come help me? So we go out to the backyard, and we had this huge willow tree. And I cut this section of willow branch, and, uh, and we, we, we measured it out and found something that had about a 10-pound spring on it. And I carved in the ends, and he carved in the other end. And, we strung it all up, and, and I had a decent little simple bow, and then we spent another 15 minutes finding a really, really straight stick that we could use for an arrow that was blunt on the end. And I notched it on the end, and we got it all together, and I said, okay, we need to test it. Run. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a 10-second head start. And Kyle realizes the betrayal, and he turns around and runs. He was maybe eight, and, 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 and when there's a hill in our backyard, and it kind of goes over, you know, like this. So he runs up this hill, and I wait. I, I, I let him. I waited till it got to the hill, and then I shot him right at the top of the hill, caught him in the upper right-hand corner of his shoulder blade, and he just flipped going over the hill. It was a glorious shot. Oh, my goodness. I was so proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bad, bad person. I, no, no, it was blunt. I didn't. I, I wasn't, you know, murderous. 
Oh, of course. I paid for it greatly later. Yeah. He had a nice old bruise on his shoulder, and my father wore me out. Yeah, there wasn't any question. But, uh, oh, it was a beautiful shot, Bill. It was worth it. Did you, did you get a willow branch used on you? Uh, he, Dad used a bell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. My, 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 my papa used to just break a switch off, and he'd, he'd walk behind you, and the bad thing is, as a little kid, you had a pair of shorts on, and you'd be switching your legs like this, and yeah. there you go, it moved the stuff. The faster you tried to walk, the harder he'd switch. <laughs> so they cry out for Barabbas, and Barabbas is a murderer, and... It, Pilate, because he doesn't want any blowback, washes his hands and gives them what they want. So the Pharisees uh, played that extra card well by stacking the crowd in their direction. And at that point, he's taken off to be crucified. And we are out of time. Can I last ask when we talk about one possible state theory for the novel? It's not mentioned. Please do. One last thought. Could the pilot fighting it? Because you know, you watch like movies about Jesus at this point, it shows the devil getting at the crowd about crucify, which I think is unbiblical because Christ's plan was to die. Yes. The devil would be against it. Is the devil behind all the things trying to block his crucifixion? Like getting to the pilot and say, hey, don't crucify it. Theory. He was behind the things that were trying to block it. Huh. Satan would not have been Satan knows scripture He knows what the crucifixion means It's part of the redemption plan Satan's against the crucifixion It's not like the greatest story ever told movie Where Satan's in the crowd saying crucify him That's unbiblical Satan knows what the crucifixion means He would be behind the people that are trying to block the crucifixion I would think it, Does that make sense? It does He's trying to prevent it I'm just throwing that out there for people's discussion. You Discuss. just complicated this novel incredibly. And so <laughs> oh. all the characterization has to be rewritten. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, I'm interested in people's thoughts on that. I just wasn't, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just interested in people's thoughts on that. Okay, I'm going to write the Gospel of Kevin one day, and everybody's going to understand it all finally. So, all right, I am, I, I'm out of time, and everybody's leaving on me anyway. So, Nathan, I assume you're out there listening. Uh, come yes. back to church. Bye.